Coming up on this week's Eastern Conference edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. The Board of Governors meeting has come and gone in Seattle, and the teams have a better idea now at what the salary cap will be next year and a whole lot more. We'll break that down. Plus, which coach in the East is on the hottest seat? One team in Canada's nation's capital has hired a coaching consultant, but could that be a sign of things to come? We'll discuss that and more. This is the Locked On NHL podcast. It's your team every day. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On NHL Podcast. It's your team every day. Today is Wednesday, December 6th, I'm Ross Levitan from Locked On Senators, doing it a little differently. We've got an in-person show. I'm alongside Mike DeStefano from Locked On Maple Leafs. We are recording from downtown Toronto one day before the two teams we cover meet in the nation's capital. I will be boots on the ground of that. Thanks to the Game Time app. The Game Time app is the only app to use when you're buying tickets to your favorite sporting events. It's the lowest tickets at the lowest prices guaranteed. When you go to game time and use the promo code locked on NHL, you'll get $20 off your first ticket purchase. So go download the game time app, create an account and use code locked on NHL. Mikey, before we get into a host of topics, how are you feeling about the Leafs right now? You know, it's, it's, it's funny. I had like an epiphany moment yesterday. Uh, today on the Locked On Lease podcast, we interviewed Kyle Cushman, who writes them for the scores, is also a prospects writer. We're, you know, chatting about the World Junior Championship rosters that got put out uh, and all the prospects and, and a couple of lease prospects that made Canada's preliminary roster. And then we got to chat about the Maple Leafs. And, and I had a bit of uh, uh, an awe moment where I'm like, you know what? Things aren't that bad in Toronto. Like they've got a. 630 win percentage points percentage and they're maybe only playing at 75 percent capacity of what they could be playing at like they have not yet had austin matthews or mitch marner really get going but we've seen signs this week of those two starting to turn it around yet a hat trick for marner earlier in the week yet a two-goal performance uh for austin matthews against boston they took the bruins to overtime in a very hard-fought game which I personally think they, they actually may have outplayed them and probably should have won that game, uh, if not for a, a tough turnover in overtime. So I think things are finally looking up for Toronto. Brendan Shanahan was speaking at the Board of Governors meeting, and he said, you know, this is a team, their last five to ten games, he feels that the team is, is starting to finally turn it around and play up to par. So I think you can look at the Maple Leafs and, you know, say to yourselves, ah, they don't look quite right yet. And yes, I believe it's true. But the fact that they still are where they are in the standings without, you know, looking 100% and, and still anticipate better hockey in the future from both Matthews and Marner, I think you'd actually look at it and say, you know what, the Leafs are in a pretty good spot right now and their better hockey is ahead. Should be a great game tomorrow night at the Canadian Tire Center. As I mentioned, I'll be covering that game live, and you can always follow the show Locked On Senators, Locked On Maple Leafs. We've got local experts on the biggest stories for every NHL team, east, west, and top and bottom of the standings. My Senators still right at the bottom. However, 
Games in hand, baby. Games in hand. They got six, and they just beat the NHL's best team, as according to points percentage, yesterday, 6-2 over the New York Rangers. But a lot of the news coming into today's episode is off ice. Board of Governors meeting in Seattle. And just a quick note on the Senators with new owner Michael Anlauer. He toured the Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, trying to get the best-in-class ideas for the new arena for the Ottawa Senators. He's also going to be touring UBS Arena, the new one where the New York Islanders play. That's a spectacular facility. Obviously, the environmental um, uh, benefits are something that the government, if Ann Lauer is going to be knocking on the door of the provincial or federal government uh, to get some funding, that's something that obviously could be a good sales pitch for that. Um, But yeah, just interesting to note that there is some work being done for Ottawa to get a new arena. And not only Ottawa, Mikey, a little birdie, told Darren Dreger that the Arizona Coyotes could be wrapping up a deal for a plot of land in North Phoenix. Well, that's good for them because we heard some interesting comments from Gary Bettman earlier this week at the Board of Governors meeting talking about how he's worried about uh, the Olympics in 2026 because apparently they have not yet figured out an arena situation. There's not even a shovel in the ground. And I thought, boy, is that ever a pot calling the kettle black because he's got a situation in Arizona, which is relatively the same, not a single shovel in the ground. And that's in your own backyard. But uh, I thankfully, cause you know what, actually Arizona, I know they're on the West, but man, they're playing some good hockey right now. They've, they've won five in a row, beating the last five Stanley cup champions. It could be for real. That is super cool. It could be a playoff team. I've I've been covering the Jets really closely over the last week, too, and that battle for third in the Central. And even, like, Dallas won one point up. I'll give you some credit, too. You called Arizona as, like, a a potential surprise team this year. So, pat on the back to you, Ross. I didn't have Connor Ingram having two shutouts in the last five games. He looks absolutely phenomenal in goal for the Arizona Coyotes. We'll leave that one to Robin Leno over at Locked On Arizona Coyotes. You can go make sure to subscribe and watch and listen and all that with Locked On Coyotes, all of our local experts on the biggest stories. And Mikey, I know the biggest stories for us every single year, no matter whether our teams are drafting first or 32nd, even though neither of our teams have ever even sniffed drafting 32nd, which would mean you win the Stanley Cup. (laughs) However, really sad news. This is going to be the last true draft the way we've come to love it, but at least they're going out with a bang. Are they ever? So, yeah, they announced that uh, after this season, the draft will be decentralized, meaning, uh, yeah, I agree. I I absolutely hate it. But what it essentially means is all of the the teams won't be at the draft. won't be at the draft tables. They'll all be in their own little war room, similarly to how it works in the NFL. And and I hate it because, like, I've been – I've attended – I don't know if you've attended a draft. Never. I was going to go in Montreal, then COVID knocked it out. Ottawa had third and fifth. I was so ready. The Stutzla draft. Um, Yeah, so I went to the one in Buffalo, and the Leafs selected Austin Matthews, and I was there for the first round, and then I went back for days two through – rounds two through seven on the following Saturday. And it's a lot of fun from a fan perspective to be there if you're like a really big hockey nut because you get to watch the draft floor. You get to watch the GMs go and talk to each other. You see the conversations that are happening uh, between you know the general managers. And then on the Saturday, the amount of times that we saw GMs walk up right into the stands and sit and have conversations with player agents is insane. I remember Joe Sackick walked right past me and was maybe five rows up at about six seats over having a discussion with uh i can't remember who the agent was but someone's agent 
And I just remember thinking that's so cool. Like right in the stands with us, having these chats right in the middle of the draft. And you're not going to see that anymore, right? The fans won't be able to see that anymore. Um, it's it's going to be interesting. I don't know. Like I'm assuming the players will still go. And now it's just going to kind of be like the NFL where they're going to have their, their hug moment on stage with Gary Bettman. But you're not going to see the whole crew show up. You're not going to see the, the Edmonton Oilers cats kid show up with a big old fro you know, with the, with their first round pick anymore, it's, well, it's not going to happen. It's tradition, and it's going away, and I don't like it. And it sucks too, because like one of my favorite moments in Sens history, the draft was in Ottawa in two thousand eight. There's the drama of them trading up three picks. They know who they want to take. Who goes up to make the pick? Daniel Alfredson, captain at the time. Who does he select? Eric Carlson, a Swede from who's playing right next to his hometown, and just that moment obviously starts out their whole careers as like, hey, you were almost like the chosen one by the guy who's built this franchise. Yeah, and and one of my favorite things that I remember growing up, I used to watch like behind-the-scenes videos like NHL Draft All Access. They used to have those on uh, the NHL Network all the time, and I found them on YouTube. One of my favorite clips is a conversation between Brian Burke and uh, – Brian Murray. Brian Murray. With uh, Kadri? With Nazem Kadri. Came up and he said, they were talking about potentially making a trade. And he comes up and he's like, what are you thinking? And he's like, is Kadri the kid you're taking? He's like, yeah. He's like, we're going to take him here. And Brian Murray's like, "Uh, okay. And just walks away. So Ottawa took Jared Cowan. So Ottawa took Jared Cowan, who later became Maple Leaf as well. Uh, But like, just stuff like that is just not going to be there. Like, sure, I guess there's still going to be phone calls. But it's different when it's in person and you've got the visual of it. The draft is going to be spectacular this year, though. It is at an 18,600-seat auditorium. If you haven't seen it already, it's called The Sphere. It's a $2.3 billion venue in Las Vegas. And I, I just picture the San Jose Sharks going up to select first overall, and there's like so in, basically, and go look at like the U2 was the the group that opened it. But like imagine it's just like, you know, swarming sharks and they all like, you know, meet up right there as the player goes up. There'll be some opportunities for some pretty cool visuals there with the production. There should be. There should be. And, and I believe this will be the first like pro sports event that will be taking place at the sphere, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So the NHL kind of, you know, groundbreaking in in that regard. And hopefully they knock it out of the park. Because again, it's it's gonna be the final D uh, you know draft with everyone in attendance. And what better way to go out with a bang than in Vegas of all places. And then obviously you've got it at the sphere, which is this, you know, magical place that everyone loves right now. Well, as it is with the NHL, oftentimes they fell backwards into this. They wanted to have it at T-Mobile Arena and the UFC said, no, we're actually going to fight you on that and uh, have their own card that night at the T-Mobile oh, that's what happened? Arena. Yeah. So June 28th, June 29th, the NHL draft will have local experts on this draft class. We already do. With the Locked On NHL Prospect Show, you can catch that on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you're also subscribed to Locked On Sports Today, where we have a 24-7, 365 live stream. Everything you need to know in the world of sports from local experts on all the biggest stories coming up on the other side. The biggest story was who's going to get fired first. We had the answer. That was Jay Woodcroft. Then. 
We get another firing with Dean Evason leaving in Minnesota. Common denominator, the teams that they left have both figured out their goaltending and now are getting wins. But both those coaches were also out west. So as the Eastern Conference edition of Locked On NHL, Mikey and I are going to discuss which coaches are on the hottest seat in the East. That's next. You're listening to Locked On NHL. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. Now, I've got a personal anecdote for this because tomorrow I'm going with five of my high school buddies to the Sens Leafs game. And as you know, whenever the Leafs are in town, it's the hottest ticket in town. It's always a full house in Ottawa. So to get six tickets in a row... We thought it would be improbable, if not impossible. But with game time, it was so easy. I just put six, include fees, bang. I even, I told the boys what price it was going to be. And then thanks to game time's lowest price guarantee, it was even less. So when I go out, I ask them what what uh, they owed me. They're like, really? I'll buy you a beer. So there you go. Be the hero in your friend group and go check out game time. I also was able to shave $20 off because of a, as a listener of Locked On NHL, you're entitled to a $20 discount off your first order on game time. It's last minute tickets. It's lowest prices. And when you Enter checkout, go locked on NHL, and you'll get $20 off your first ticket purchase. What I love too about Game Time is that they have photos of your seats. So you'll know exactly what you're getting into by the time you arrive. Don't be unprepared, be ready with Game Time. You don't have to plan in advance, though. You can get last minute tickets at the lowest prices guarantee. Just go and make sure you use promo code locked on NHL for $20 off. It's Game Time. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Today's show is also brought to you by FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NHL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So tomorrow, if you think the Leafs got a chance to beat the Sens, place a $5 money line bet and $150 in bonus offers will be in your account. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NHL season. FanDuel, official partner of the Locked On Network. Welcome back, Locked On NHL. It's the Eastern Conference edition. I'm Ross Levitan alongside Mike DiStefano. And the Board of Governors meeting has come and gone. And now it's time to get back to the action on the ice. The Eastern Conference, yeah, there's some teams separating. But also, we still have plenty of a ways to go. And outside of Columbus, is it fair to say Columbus is completely out of it? 27 games, only eight wins. But beyond that, I'm looking at a situation where you know, a few wins here, a few wins there, and pretty much everybody's in the mix. Like Montreal, I think, is impressed being 11, 11, and three, considering expectations. Yeah. But overall, like, I think Washington's probably my surprise. Like, if you could, if you had told me that Washington would have the worst power play in the National Hockey League, yet still 
be above 500, 12, 8, and 2, I would have told you you're absolutely nuts. Yeah, like that's been a, the bread and butter of their offense for years, and that's that's been Alex Ovechkin for many years. But he's still hovering at just, what, five goals this year? Yep. I mean, how concerned are you about that, Ross? Like, are we starting to kind of get worried about this goal record? Like, if you had to put... I don't know if I want him to let, get let it. Let me put an over-under. Well, that's blasphemous. Whoa. But let me put an over-under for you on, on Ovi's goal totals. Who's had five right now, and they're, what, 22 games into the season? 22. So still 60 games to go. Does he... Let me put the over-under at uh, 22 and a half. Yes, over. 24 and a half. He has to. So you see him still getting 25. Points. 25. I don't think he hits 30 this year, though. He's, he's 25 is good for yeah. you? Okay. I think so. But the reason I say that, and it's tongue-in-cheek, because obviously to be a part of history and to watch the entirety of, of Alex Ovechkin's career, that's special. Yeah. But I was lucky enough to be at uh, Gretzky's last game in Canada. Oh. So I guess just that personal connection and, and knowing that, you know, if you took away all 894 of his goals, he'd still have the NHL points record. The most wild stat in all of hockey. Like. And I know over time, like records will be taken down. And Gretzky's been on record as saying that he wants that to yeah. be the case. It's good for the game. But the fact that one man holds that many records in the National Hockey League, I think it's pretty special. His points record's never going to go anywhere. No, I, I nobody's firmly, even hitting 2,000. No, like I firmly guarantee that. But that goal's record is well within reach. So I, I would, I'd be really upset if Ovi called it a career early. Like I think the guy... We'll go out there in, in in a walker and cane and try and score goals until he gets that record. Realistically, he's this far in. You gotta dive all the way. And I, I think I still think he does it. I think he could do it by the end of his contract, too. I, I still believe he'll get his cookies, however uh they come, even if it's okay, empty netter. Let's get him out there and score like 10 empty net goals a year just to to you know try and pump up those numbers. Uh, a little bit, but I, I've got faith that Ovi can get it done. For me, though, you talk about surprise teams. Like, I'm still shocked that Philadelphia has been able to kind of survive here in this, uh, in, in, in the Eastern Conference. And, you know, being a, a plus four in goal differential, too, like last year, they were abysmal, the Flyers. They were awful. And it was a team that, you know, Danny Breer even came out and said, yeah, we're, we're going to be rebuilding the squad. They traded out Ivan Provorov. They made a couple other deals uh, over the course of the offseason. Yet this team is well above 500 right now. They're 13-10-2 they're with a plus-4 goal differential. I, I've been quite surprised by the Flyers. They're playing some good hockey. So both the teams we just talked about have new coaches as of last summer. John Tortorella, Spencer Carberry, former Toronto Maple Leafs assistant coach now with the Washington Capitals. So those are some very cool seats. They've got the fan on, they're riding, they got the sunglasses on, the tops down on the convertible. They're feeling good as they drive their ship forward. But what teams in the East to you are the coaches on the hottest seat? Well, I think we got to start uh, with with your team in the Ottawa Senators with DJ Smith. I mean, they literally just hired a babysitter with this guy. Like, I mean, you could talk to him more, but the Sens just announced today that they hired Jacques Martin. What's be, old is new again. Well, the, what's the title? Advisor to the head coach? Senior advisor on the coaching staff. I've never heard of anything like this in my life. This is, he's a babysitter. He's well, a babysitter to DJ Smith. He's the second coaching staff advisor, a.k.a. evaluator for everyone else because Daniel Alfredson was added to the coaching staff right at the start of the wow. season. So there, the walls are kind of closing in, it feels like. But 
in a sense, I kind of like it because the one part is DJ Smith has the room. There's, there's no doubt that this team gives 100% effort. It's just the quality of structure. And that's what Jacques Martin was always known for, being a very rigid instructor. And people are like, oh, has he even coached? You know, he's with Ottawa in the early 2000s, the battles of Ontario, all that. He's also winning his coach in Sens history by far. Funny enough, he's the only... Is he living in the area? Is he living, like, Quebec? I, I, think he, I think he's around. I mean, I'm sure he's going to be moving to Ottawa. This seems like a very full-time position yeah, for him. He was helping out with the Kingston Frontenacs at the start of this season just as an advisor. But most recently, 2020, 2021, the, the COVID season, the bubble season, if you will, or sorry, the, after the bubble season, he was with the New York Rangers as an assistant. But he also has two Stanley Cups with the Pittsburgh Penguins. He was on the bench there running their defense. They had Rick Tockett running the offense with Mike Sullivan. So he's not far removed from being in, in a situation where he's been dealing with some pretty good players. And look look at that 2017 Penguins That's defense. Bench. That's a good bench, though. Yeah. Think about like, just think about that bench. You've got Mike Sullivan, Rick Tockett. Jacques and then the Martin. elder statesman. Jacques Martin, I want to say, I'm going to look up right now. I want to say he's about 64 years old, right? Like He's not a young cat. He's not no 71. Spring. Yeah, he's no spring chicken. He ain't no spring chicken, Jacques Martin. But he, he does bring stability, and that's the word that well, they keep saying. So I am curious, like, as someone who covers the team on a day-to-day basis like yourself, like, how much, like, if you're DJ Smith, how much more are you worried about your job today than you were yesterday? Well, he, the fire DJ chance were raining down two weeks ago. So I don't know if this is like, oh my goodness, they hired him. Like something must be happening, right? I mean, it could be though. No, like realistically, it, this could be just, okay, DJ's got the room and maybe, you know, DJ can give some fun uncle, fun uncle, serious uncle type thing. I don't know. Like if he's going to come in and completely change DJ systems, then what's the point of having DJ as your head coach? Vibes. You're going to, like, this, this is Ryan Reeves again. We're just going to hire a guy for vibes. Well, they probably he's play the amount. They probably sit. Yeah, he's not against the cap, and they both step foot on the ice the same amount. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, don't, I, I, I like the move, though. Now, we don't know whether or not he's going to be on the bench. I don't think he's going to be on the bench. I think he's going to be more of an eye in the sky because they do have two assistant coaches that seemingly aren't going anywhere. That would have been my first. They did the classic desperation move. You know what they did? Uh, they swapped penalty kill and power play responsibilities. Davis Payne used to run the power play, and Jack Capuano was on the PK, and they flipped that last week. That's when you know it's that like season flip. Yeah, it's like grab grab the whiteboard. You're running the PK now. That's strange. Just win faceoffs, get the puck out. I could run the PK in the NHL. No, it's a lot more intricate than that, obviously. But outside of that, and I mean, like that's the news of the day with Jacques Martin being hired back. And like I said, the only coach in Sens history with more games coach than DJ Smith is Jacques Martin. That's how long DJ Smith has been yeah, in the Sens organization. It's his wild. fifth season, that's and wild. two of them were shortened. So games played-wise, he'd be even closer if not. But Jacques Martin comes in. However, I'm going to go down the QEW from where we are here in downtown Toronto. Like it was all roses with the Buffalo Sabres, but they look brutal. They've lost four in a row. They're four games under 500. Like could anything give there? I don't think Buffalo is a team that's looking to make a coaching change. I think they believe in Don Granado. I think they know that realistically the Tage Thompson injury was was bad for them. He's back now, so I think they'll give it a little bit of a run to see if he's got a chance to to get going. Like Devin Levi, as expected, 
wasn't able to, you know, shocking, right? Like wasn't able to get it going as a rookie. I mean, most goaltenders need a couple of years of seasoning in the minors and he's since been placed down in Rochester to, uh, to develop. So I think that's good for them and, and their future and his future. But ultimately, they got to start getting some goaltending. I think Uka Pekalukanen is, he's almost like Tristan Jari-like, where it's either a really good game or a really bad game out of that guy. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. I don't think that John Granado is, is on a hot seat. I would say maybe a, a warm seat at this point. If I'm looking at another team where I'm getting kind of worried, it's definitely in in New Jersey. Like Lindy Ruff, I know last year was was excellent, and the year that they had was outstanding. But you're hearing fire Lindy chance this season again. Um, I thought they apologized for that. They apologized, but now they're taking it back, and and now they're they're firing those fire Lindy chants once again in, in New Jersey. Because look, this is a team that we we all. I'm pretty sure I came on this podcast and said the East runs through the Devils this year. They're not even in a playoff spot right no. now, Ross. Like it's and, and it's not like they have many games in hand either. They can't get goaltending. I mean, one I, obvious, you know, link with all of these struggling teams is bad goaltending. I get it. Like, find me a hot goalie, I'll find you a good coach. Find me a bad goalie, I'll find you a bad coach. Like that's the old adage here. But that said, I think this this team could use a a new coach bump just strictly because they need to turn their season around. This is a competitive year for them where Buffalo's not quite there, I don't think, uh, but Minnesota was supposed to be competitive and obviously Edmonton was supposed to be competitive and so is New Jersey. So I think that's where I look at Lindy Ruff and the Devils and think might be in some trouble here. He might find himself uh, on the hot seat soon. We got more news of the New Jersey Devils on the other side. This is the Locked On NHL podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Indeed. When you're drafting your fantasy team, do you ever wish you could do the same thing with your business team? If you're building a roster to win the league, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking at candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. Hate waiting? Indeed's U.S. data shows over 80% of Indeed employees find quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match their job description the moment they sponsor a post. So, Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. So, with Indeed, you only pay for quality applicants that match your must-have job requirements. Indeed knows that finding people with the right skills makes all the difference. They also know that you need to be cost-effective when you're running your own business. So visit Indeed.com slash locked on to start hiring now. Just go to Indeed.com slash locked on. Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application. Pricing not available to everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back, Locked On NHL, a live edition of the show. I'm Ross Levitan from Locked On Senators, alongside Mike DiStefano from Locked On Leafs. We're coming to you from downtown Toronto, but heading back to the Meadowlands, to New Jersey, Newark to be exact. And not only are the Devils losing games, they're losing players. Dougie Hamilton is out indefinitely with a torn pectoral muscle. The good news, 
is Seaman Nemich was was probably ready at this point at two assists in his first career NHL game. But how do you think that's going to shake out over the course of the next couple months? It's obviously a tough blow for the Devils. Like they're already reeling as is, and you lose one of your you know top defensemen, a top pair guy, and Dougie Hamilton. It's it's going to be tough. Um, they did get the win last night in in the Hughes Bowl. They did surrender a, a, a three goal lead there that they had in the third period, but was able to finish it off and get themselves the full two points. I think Dougie Hamilton, like it's, it's clearly going to, to hurt them, but they've got enough offensive firepower. If they're operating at, at, you know, the, the rate they were last year, they could probably get away with, with missing Dougie for a little bit. And there's enough guys there. Like Jonas Siegenthaler is a really good defenseman. Um, you know, Seaman Nemich, we'll see what he can do, but I think he's, you know, there's a lot of promise for him as a defender. Like there's some quality, quality players on the back end there. So it, it will probably be, you know, kind of a by committee type of thing, but that's a good squad. I, I still think that they'll be able to, to get it going. So Lane Lambert is the last name we wanted to bring up here on yeah. Coaches on the Hot Seat. He was livid, and rightfully so. Now, albeit, the San Jose Sharks are kind of buzzing right now. They are. They're weirdly starting to get into a groove and win some hockey games. William Eklund is playing some good hockey. I think he had three points first, last night. First career three-point game. Yeah. Uh, Thomas Hurdle is, you know, it has been red hot of late, so... They're starting to, to to get some offense there, the Sharks. I think Anthony Duclair, too, he's back, and he's starting to produce a little bit. But but with that, like yeah. you, when you're up three goals in the third period, you yeah. got to close it out. Well, I think he called it, uh, Lane Lambert said it was a sin, a sin <laughs> to lose that game to the San Jose Sharks. They're a getting sin. cold. They're getting cold in their stockings. Ooh, that was tough. Yeah, I think that he's another guy who probably is on the hot seat right now. Like The Islanders have gone years uh they've they've been making the playoffs and and they've been surprising teams and just when we thought you know what the islanders they're they're just a shoe and they're a lock they're always going to be in the mix now they take a step back yeah it's it's wild <laughs> to think now they're going to get a ton of loser points here seven loser points that's an nhl high right now so if you look at it from a point standpoint like they're tied with tampa who also has five extra time losses but yeah um but with the islanders man 10 10 wins in 24 games i mean that's that's definitely cause for concern. And we know Lou's not been afraid in the past. Now, albeit not a recent past, but remember in, in New Jersey, every third year, it felt like he was jumping behind the bench for a short period being like, you can't do it. I'm just going to do it myself. Yeah. And I don't think this Islanders team like last year, I don't think they played up to to par of where they wanted to. Like they got bailed out by Ilya Sorokin last year. Like that's the only reason why that team was, was a playoff team, you know, but I, I think when he he hasn't quite been as good. Like, he was in net last night when they gave up that lead. He has Ooh. not been the Ilya Sorokin that the Islanders need him to be to be a good team. Like, they don't have a lot of offense on that squad. They're strictly, we're going to win games 2-1, 3-1, 2, you know, whatever, one nothing sometimes, and that's how we're going to win games. The problem is when that guy's given up three-plus goals a night, they're not finding ways to find dubs, and that's, again, why you find why they find themselves with just 10 wins in 24 games. Last team I want to touch on, because I got to cover them this uh, this past weekend, the Carolina Hurricanes. They are as advertised. They come at say, you. They don't belong in this conference. No, no. Rod the Bod is one of the most stable coaches, I think, in the NHL. Easily. No, yeah. no. These are my final thoughts on today's show, and it's yeah. just about how top to bottom, that is an unreal team. Now, 
Winnipeg got the 2-1 win. Mad scramble at the end. The shots at one point were 13-0 in this game. Winnipeg got their first shot 16 minutes into the game. Yeah, I, you called. We were, we were on the phone chatting, yeah. and you were at the game, and you're like, dude, you wouldn't believe it. Here are the shot totals. This is the high danger total so far. It's like Winnipeg is just getting dummied right now by Carolina. And I mean, yeah, they are a wagon, and they got off to a little bit of a slow start, but we fully anticipated this team was going to round into form, and they would be perfectly fine. And uh, yeah, they are. They're, Seth they're, Jarvis is a player, dude. Player, absolutely, he is. Like, and he's he's having a nice breakout season here for for the Hurricanes. I look, we knew that they were going to be a good team. Yeah. I'll be curious to see what they do with Brett Pesci though, because he is a pending UFA. I don't know if they are going to re-sign him, and if not, does he become a trade option? That's something that I know in Toronto. People are wondering because that would be a great option. Well, based on uh, Tony D'Angelo's, let's call it uh, excitement for the morning skate, uh, leaning up against the boards, not really having a whole lot of interest in getting better. Um, I don't think he's coming in the lineup anytime soon. No, I don't. That was a that was a a weird situation. Like they had already moved on from Tony D'Angelo, and then they replaced him with Brent Burns. Why they brought him back this offseason made zero sense to me. Not a shock that they're already putting that guy up in the press box and, and he wants out. Two, two more final thoughts. One on Carolina. Shout out to Brent Burns, one of the most entertaining players of this era. Last week, he hit the 600 career assist milestone. Wow. And in the same game, 850 points. Imagine how different his career would have been if he didn't make that adjustment to defense. Like Amazing. Like just, you know, he was a forward to start out his career and then ends up transitioning to the blue line and becomes an all-star defenseman, one of Amazing. the best best in the game. Amazing. It's, it's incredible. Um, also incredible, and this is a stat courtesy of TSN last night because it was Sens versus Rangers. Yeah. Last week, Alexi Lafreniere got his 100th career point. Hey, he's starting to turn it up. He is, and I have nothing but good things to say about Alexi Lafreniere and Quinton Byfield. But in the exact same number of games, Tim Stutzla last week hit his 200th career NHL point. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Hey, it's not how they start, though. It's how they finish, Ross. And I, man, people were already starting to say Stutzla Sanderson won two best, uh, best duo from that draft. Quinn Byfield might, uh, Byfield looks good. Say, man, might have something to say. Byfield looks good. Yes. I'm sure a guy Eddie out there on LA uh, with the LA Locked On Kings is is fired up about that, and rightfully so. Now, does it help that he's being insulated and playing the wing a lot and playing with the Anze Kopitar? Oh, for sure, for yeah, sure, probably it helps. Hundred percent, it does. Yeah, but Timmy I mean, got to play his first year with uh, Derek Stepan and Evgeny Dadinov. Yeah. No, hey, look, like I said, they, Timmy's off to an outstanding start out in Ottawa. But what we're seeing from Quentin Byfield now in his, his, what, his third year in the NHL, maybe second full season in the NHL, he's starting to kind of figure things out. We'll see where the careers end off. Yeah, he's cooking. All right, Mike, any final thoughts on today's show? Uh, I think we we pretty well uh, made uh, made it through it all. We certainly so, did. Fun doing this in person. Yeah. We uh, will be back throughout the week on our regular shows, Locked on Maple Leafs, Locked on Senators. We got a head-to-head battle tomorrow night, and now we'll pass it on to Power Rankings every Thursday on Locked on NHL. We're a part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins. 
and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com.